Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. Today's gospel discourages lots of people. It's not exactly the exciting speech, the inspiring speech we expect to hear from a great leader. In today's passage, Jesus and the disciples were leaving the temple after Jesus had spent several days quite publicly demonstrating and confronting the corrupt leaders of the temple. When one of his disciples remarked on their way out, on the grandeur of the building. He was not wrong. It was an impressive edifice, constructed to house the Ark of the Covenant. The temple was the place where God's presence dwelt on earth. God's very feet propped up on the mercy between the two cherubim on the Ark above the tablets of stone given to Moses and the jar of manna. King, the Herod, King Herod the Great, that sly fox, as Jesus puts it, had built up the temple into great glory. He did it in part to impress and maybe try to intimidate Caesar and to prove to his doubtful flock that he was, in fact, a good and faithful Jewish king. They didn't buy it, including Jesus. And here, as the conclusion to this confrontation, Jesus told the disciples that this great symbol of religious unity and strength turned symbol of corruption was a house built on sand. The house of cards would come down. The disciples knew that Herod, like much of the leadership, was corrupt, but they must have imagined that Jesus would reclaim that great building and restore it. Hearing that it would be destroyed again was more than disappointing. It would have sounded it would have reminded them of that time the Babylonian army had marched into Jerusalem 500 years earlier and sacked the temple and carted off so many people to Babylon, where they remained in exile for three generations. After, after this commentary, Jesus retreated to his favorite place in Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives. It's near Bethany, the place where his friends, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary live. It's also the garden he will be arrested from. Here he retires from the public eye with his inner circle, two sets of brothers, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. There they ask him, in this intimate setting, tell us, when will this be? 
Many leaders would take this opportunity to give perhaps some platitudes. Oh, it's going to be great. Rome will be defeated. The land will flow with milk and honey. Jesus was real with them. I have come and I will go. But bad things will still happen until I come again. Being the inner circle, we know that this episode was only recounted to the crowds publicly after Jesus' resurrection, after his triumph over death on the cross. So we know that Jesus was not trying to scare or depress his followers. Rather, Jesus was encouraging his tightest crew to remain firm in the faith. Jesus was letting them and us today know that bad things are still to come. Wars and rumors of wars, famine and earthquakes, they are not a sign of the end times, at least not imminently. Rather, they are a part of life as we know it, between the first coming and the second. And sometimes they are even part of God's gift of free will to us. No, Jesus told his disciples not to scare them but so that they would be prepared for when it would happen. So they won't So they won't listen to those who may use fear to profit and gain power and mislead. And Jesus, speaking in all honesty with these people, with his followers, these leaders who will be the leaders of the body of Christ once he has ascended, who will carry on his teachings. Jesus himself is our source of strength through such trials. And life modeled after his is where we experience that strength. And isn't that the stuff of our best and favorite stories? Of the underdog who remains undeterred. The unlikely hero who is calm and brave in the face of danger. The nurses and the doctors who remain within victims of disease when everyone else flees. The leader whose gaze on God's righteousness does not waver. Jesus gives us this hope, this tenacity, this steadfastness, courage, and unflappability through such trials. Hold firm, hold fast to my ways, Jesus encouraged them. In there is hidden the kingdom of God. And then he said something I find remarkable. Jesus said, these are the beginning of the birthdays. They are opportunities, in fact, for new creation. Here, he is drawing on a beautiful trope that we come across over and over again in the Bible, that God is the bridegroom of Israel, Jesus the bridegroom of the church, and that from that relationship, 
comes new life. Now, childbirth in ancient times, much as it is still in many countries, including the U.S., is a dangerous undertaking for mother and baby alike. There was risk involved. The Bible confirms this. And in this stroke, adds on top of that risk the stories of unwittingly motherhood, of miraculous birth. Matriarch after matriarch in the Bible faced unlikely and even threatened childbirth. You know them as well as I do. Sarah, Rachel, the mother of Moses, Hannah, Elizabeth, Mary. And the covenant, the promise to God's people passed down generation to generation from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob and through all of these men hung on God's own divine intervention and the courage and strength of women. Anna experienced this. And in her song that we heard sung so beautifully this morning, she witnesses God's faithfulness across the millennia. She goes from silence, praying silently, something that was really strange and unheard of in that time, to a song. A song sung so much in Jesus' time that his own mother's song, the song of Mary the Magnificat, echoes with the song of Hannah. Hope in the Lord, she says. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. The Lord, his adversaries shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will rule the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointing. Hanan knew this new life come to being without struggle, without pain, and sometimes without risking death itself. But just as the mother in the pain of labor must muster all of her capacity to focus on the life coming out of her, the Christian and the church must hold fast and focus on the vision of the heavenly kingdom in the midst of the trials we go through. Just as a mother's body must painfully move out of the way of the arriving child, we, the body of Christ, must go through the pain of moving out of the way for whatever new and holy creation God is trying to give birth to. And whenever the church struggles with some issue or event, whether internal to itself or out in the wider world, we must remember this, that not only is suffering part of this life, in this world now, but Jesus can take that suffering and redeem it, make something new and beautiful with it, a new creation. Of course, our gospel passage brought to mind to me and perhaps to you as well the new statue erected in front of the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts. Rumors of the war. Kehendi Wiley's powerful testament of the courage.
courage and tenacity and perseverance of people of color in the midst of the sins of racism and white supremacy. It is a sign of hope in God's kingdom. Hope holding fast to God's vision where all our stereotypes and fears and false identities and systems of sin and our chains are stripped away. Hope of being the true self God has made each of us to be. It is a sign of the work done so far, the struggle so far, and a sign in its place of prominence and permanence, a sign of our community's commitment to deconstructing white supremacy. It is the sign of the promise, I pray, we can uphold through all its birthing pains. Why do we remain steadfast to Jesus' ways through the pain, through the tumbling stones, through the earthquakes, the wars and rumors of wars? Not just because Jesus tells us to, although that's a really good reason to. But we do it because God remains steadfast to us. God didn't have to join us in our suffering, nor stay with us in our suffering. But the cross shows over and over again that God chose and God chooses to remain with us. In giving his Holy Spirit to dwell in each of us, each of us becomes a new temple. May God never turn that down. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.